What is up, everybody? This is Jack Bushman here along with Eric Moneybags Hurt for another episode of Talking Hockey. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. How about you? Doing all right. Uh, can't complain. A little busy with some schoolwork going on, but ready to talk about some Blackhawks hockey. Tony, how are you doing this, uh, this afternoon or tonight, hey. I should say? <laughs> hey, guys, I'm doing pretty well. Ready to dive in and dissect this Blackhawks winning streak. Absolutely. Uh, so awesome that we have three guys on the podcast tonight. Uh, and tonight is March 20th, a little over a week and a half since we recorded the last episode. And the Rocky Ride continues because, Tony, on last episode, we basically thought the season was over and that the Blackhawks should just start giving some guys looks for the future. Yeah, um, I remember we were kind of down at that point. Um, it's nice to see that they actually bounced back and some of the young guys are stepping up. Yeah, typical 2018-19 uh, Blackhawk fashion, the roller coaster ride continues. So <laughs> since last episode, the Hawks, they did go on a five-game winning streak before losing in overtime versus Vancouver on Monday night. So 11 out of their last 12 points. And on that five-game winning streak, they did come up with some big wins, uh, especially on the road, guys. 2-1 win in Dallas, a good home team there. Then they had that gut-wrenching win in Toronto, nearly blowing a 5 nothing lead. It was real ugly late in that game. Wasn't sure they were going to be able to hang on as they were peppering uh, Cam Ward. I'm pretty sure they had, like, what, like 33 shots on goal or something that period? Yeah. It was – Or no, it was Delia. 30. Yeah, Delia – that was when Delia had to come in in the third. Mm-hmm. That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Crawford got sick, right? Yeah, Craw- yeah, Crawford was sick, and for some reason, yeah. He played the first two periods. He's like, ah, we're good. We're up 5 nothing. In comes Colin Delia, and he just gets thrown under the bus, dude. Saw 33 shots. And <laughs> saw literally a game's worth of shots in one period. I felt <laughs> like they turned off the defense, too, when Crawford left. It was getting real bad at the end. Keith and Seabrook both had real ugly turnovers in the final, like, 30 seconds there that nearly uh, gave Toronto the game-time goal. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough game to watch. <laughs> Win, like, wins a win, like we'll we take two earlier, points. Two, two points is two points at this day of the season. Move on take and up. Uh, I could get them. Yeah, move point, on and uh, put, put that one in the best. Mm-hmm. At this point, we'll take them any way we can get them. Yeah. And then uh, Crawford came up huge in his hometown of Montreal with a 48-save shutout, making a couple big saves, that huge glove save on Lekkonen. That was awesome. Crawford has been really fantastic lately, guys. Really good to see Corey. Uh, uh, you know, shaking off the rust, his first couple games back from the injury, of course, there was those doubters saying, oh, Corey's not the same, but he's really put them uh, to silence in the last couple games. Absolutely, and his record is like crazy against Montreal. Yeah, he's six zero and one or something like that against Montreal. He yeah, really lose good to Montreal. Yeah, yeah we always lose. play good against Montreal. Yeah, I wish we played against them more. Honestly, <laughs> seriously, moving to our division. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much how the Blackhawks got their run back to relevance. And yeah, unfortunately, that win streak did come to an end Monday night back at the United Center against a Vancouver team that's really struggled on the road this season. So that one kind of hurts, but it was a real ugly game. And I would say that the Blackhawks definitely didn't deserve to win. So I'm happy they at least came out with one point. Absolutely. Stole a point. Can't be but not steal. Many... Yeah, can't be leaving too many out there at this point, though. No, absolutely. It's You could say stole a point, but they didn't even play that good of a game. They just – Luckily, towards the end, they were able to tie it up. They fell f- at least snag a point. They fell flat on their face in that second period. I, uh, they had like five shots on goal in the second period, and then 
Honest, yeah. Honestly, if it wasn't for Crawford, there's no way we would have been able to tie the thing up at two. He made a couple of gigantic saves down the stretch. He really deserved a win mm-hmm. with the way he played. It, it kind of sucked that we – Absolutely. kind of sucked with the way we lost, too. Like, kind of a slap in the face. Especially against Vancouver's decor. I mean, they were without uh, Chris Tanev, one of their top defensemen. I mean, their D-men were horrible. What was it? They had, like – a couple rookies, and like one guy was like his tenth game or something like that. They had yeah. some really inexperienced decor that game, and we couldn't take advantage of that. I feel like we never really play that good against the Canucks. Like no matter what state they're in, like they could be terrible, but we never play well against them. I swear. Yeah, one of those teams. <laughs> they yeah, always fight, Blackhawks always find a way to play down to their competition. I swear. Mm, absolutely. Then the story of the season, boys. But uh, some takeaways from that game against Vancouver, some uh, upside from that game we'll look at. Uh, Eric Gustafson had some career highs on Monday night, played 27-10 of ice time, and he also had seven shots on goal, which was the most uh, for either team. So Eric Gustafson had a career night and Gustafson's really been fantastic in the second half of the season, guys. He has 38 points in his last 39 games. That's unbelievable. Just got more points than Carlson. More points than Victor Hedman. Yeah, that's crazy. Victor Hedman won the Norris trophy last season and Eric Gustafson's outscoring him. Who the hell would have ever thought that would have been a thing. And they didn't even play him much at the beginning of the year. I mean, he was scratched every other night. That's what I'm saying. He had he yeah. was scratched. He was scratched back to back games, December 11th and 12th, and then ever since then, the only defenseman who has more points than he does is Brent Burns. At the beginning of the season, when he was getting scratched like that, there's no way you could have predicted this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially the Hawks' power play. I mean, a lot of his points. Well, most of his points are from the power play. He's really yeah, rejuvenated power play that. I'm cooled off a little bit, but absolutely having that shot at the point that he's able to get through and just his playmaking ability. Like I love his no look passes. I mean, he hasn't had one in a while, but you know he's got that couple times where his vision is just unbelievable. He's got a good connection with Kane. Stupid plays. He, yeah, Gustafson has a deadly slap pass. Remember that one to Kane? Yeah. Uh huh. That's the one I was thinking of too. Is his no look slap passes are just ridiculous. Yeah. He's got 14 goals this year, guys. 14 goals. Yeah, that's crazy. His previous career high in points was 16, and he's at 51 right now through 68 games. Well, at least we got him for another year, and then God knows how much money he's going to want. <laughs> yeah, I don't, but, that's going to be a hell of a situation. Bone is gonna, yeah, he's going to be. Bone is going to throw in a clause, too, at watch. Oh, of course. Yeah. Typical Stan Bow fashion. <laughs> full full no movement, eight years. You get the super special. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's going to be a hell of a situation, though. But for this year and for next year, I mean, Gus making only 1.2 mil, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he could be a really interesting piece, too, to move at the draft or potentially deadline next year. But, I mean, obviously you want to keep him. But think of the returns. I know. He's, he's like, such a mind-boggle because, like, you want to move him, but you want to keep him. Like, you're not sure if he's going to be good enough defensively to, you know, be around when we're trying to be good. But at the same time, he's, you know, he's producing as he is right now. He's so tough to, like – put a finger on what he is, but I'm happy with what he's given us right now, especially for the money he's making. And when the, when the uh, time comes with where we have to decide what to do with them, I just hope we make the right one. (laughs) As far, Uh, as far as trade value goes, it will never be higher for Gustafson. That's very true. That's very true. It it depends too on just how Boquist turns out. I mean, if training camp, he blows him away or even at the trade deadline, we see what Boquist can do on a power play and, 
where he's at, that that's going to be a big factor in that decision yeah. too. We could we could very well be seeing Eric Gustafson's best season ever right now. Very well, very yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So, time will tell. With that one, it's definitely uh, another guy who time will tell. With Brendan Perlini, guys, finally relevant since being paired with DeBrinket and Strom. That trio has been all over the place. In their last five games, they've combined for seven goals, ten assists, and they're plus nineteen. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That that, that adds such. What were you say, Tony? Is that the best line on the team right now? I with the way they're moving the puck. I mean, it's got to be. Kane, Kane's been on Kane's been on the third line lately, and he's kind of cooled off in the last four or five games after carrying the team for six months. <laughs> but he's gonna be fatigued. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I mean. Night in, night out for the past like fifty games. Double shifting. Yeah, that's what playing I'm a whole two minute power plays. Dude, remember when he played like thirty minutes against the Devils that one game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally, he played half a game as a forward. That's, that's unheard of. Who? Uh, I, I don't, that's never happened. I don't think. Off the top of my head, I can't name anybody. But yeah, yeah. That, MV, that second MVR line has been awesome, Parkley. boys. That second line has been awesome. If those three can remain hot in these final 10 games, it'll really do wonders with the offense. Uh, today in practice, guys, we saw that Patrick Kane was moved back on the top line with Jonathan Taze and Dylan Sakira moving side on the third line with Cahoon and Anisimov. What do you guys think about that top line? Uh, what did you say? It was Taze, Taze and, and Sakira. They kept Sakira on Sakura. it and they moved, and they moved okay. side down to the third line with Cahoon and Anisimov where Kane had been. I mean, I like it. You could interchange anyone on that top line as long as they have speed and so much skill. Secure is due for one. Secure is due he for is one. He's got to get one from overdue. them, I'm thinking. Yeah. Absolutely. Overdue for sure. No, he's he's made some really good plays, and I like his, his – obviously, speed is probably his best asset to uh-huh. his game. But um, – He's got to put the yeah, puck we'll – he's, he's, he's got to uh, just – Get the the final ah, get the final product. He's got thirty one games without a goal now, and yeah, he, I mean yeah. he he looks good. I definitely would like to bring him back next season. Uh, he'll be a bargain as well, I'm sure. So hopefully he gets that first goal uh, any day now. Maybe we'll even see it uh, on Sunday. Bags, who knows? Mm-hmm. I think, but I definitely yeah. like that third line too. I think ahead, playing with Kane, Sakura is going to have a ton more opportunities to produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and another thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, imagine if we had Drake Kajula healthy right now. I was just going to ask yeah. that. Yeah. He What's actually skated today. Yeah, I think okay. they said he didn't take place in any like practice drills, but he was on the ice. So I'm not sure if that means what they're going to – I don't know. There's no real need to rush they, him yeah. with that concussion, you know, just with the way the NHL right. is nowadays. You know that he's not going to get rushed back into playing time. But, man, saw, he looked really good. I actually saw mm-hmm. – I forgot which reporter it was um, – that they actually haven't ruled out him just sitting out the rest of the season yet. They're still evaluating. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. Concussions can go anyway, man. They can be a week. They can be months. We've seen it with Crawford. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, they're up in the air. That's crazy. But he was really but playing yeah, he'd well. Be a welcome, yeah, he'd be a welcome addition for sure. We I could mean, scratch adding depth. We could scratch Kunitz then. Yeah, Kunitz and Hayden. Scratch both of them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Hayden was Hayden was a uh, <laughs> Kruger, 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 Ooh. Kruger. We were, we were talking about Kruger a little bit ago, Tony Marcus Kruger. He has been bad this year. Yeah, he's just been a form of his or shell of his former self. You think he's on the way out, bags? <laughs> I mean, I, I think, think I think so. everyone. Knows. I don't think you bring him back. I, I mean, you got Luke Johnson and Rockford that could easily take his place. Kruger, David Camp yeah. is a better Marcus Kruger too. Kruger wore out his welcome for sure. 
Yeah. That ship has just sailed, man. He's just a thing of the past. His face-off numbers looks... are down this year. Face-off. Yeah. I have the percentage. I have his stats right here. Okay, so face-offs this season, 47.2. Not good. Mm. Not what he, we pay him for. He is at 10.40 average ice time. Not good. Barely. Um, Probably career low. <laughs> in 65 games, here's his production. Four goals, seven assists, 11 points, at a negative one. Okay, I guess that's not bad for a fourth line, but the other thing, too, is that he brought huge is the penalty kill. And the penalty kill, get this, guys. Look at this, this stat that I, I read earlier today, too. The penalty kill is the worst out of any team in the <laughs> league in the past 29 years. Yeah, terrible. So we are bottom out of like 850-something <laughs> teams for the past 30 years. Historic. Is that not crazy? That's historically bad. Dude, and we've been yeah. in last place since I. We've had the worst penalty kill since I swear, like late November. I like yeah. I think it's real, literally been since like late November. I mean, I feel like seventy percent is generous. I just they're horrible <laughs> for real, dude. Or, there's got to be a mix up on the stat sheet. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be fifty. Maybe it's seven. Take out that zero. <laughs> yeah, seven <seriously>. percent. <laughs> dude, it's rough out there, and yeah, that's what we pay Kruger for. I mean, he's making nearly three million dollars. He's not winning faceoffs like we want him to be. Yeah, he can get shown the door. Uh, we could spend $3 million in a lot a lot better ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, on the fourth line for practice this morning, we did see Hayden. Looks like he's going to be in for Kunitz uh, tomorrow against the Flyers. Kunitz had that real bad turnover and then real bad defensive coverage like five seconds later on that Grandland goal to give Vancouver the 2-1 lead. So, wouldn't be surprised to see him scratch. from that lineup. Uh, Hayden just, I guess Philly uh, too. Hayden, uh, he just Hayden, doesn't provide anything offensively. Literally goose egg. Literal yeah. goose egg. <laughs> Hayden is expendable at this point since they acquired Kajula. Absolutely. Yep. Kajula is and just I, a ruckus out there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, probably the unpopular opinion here. I want to see Martinson back up. He was good in his time. I I, I, I don't agree with that. Honestly, he played like I, I played like twelve games, maybe at most. But he uh, looked he looked decent on the fourth line. I mean, our fourth line hasn't done anything oh, do all season long. No, I yeah, do agree with just, that. He's just a bowling ball out there, and he's got some pretty good speed too. And I mean, if you get that puck in, and he's going after you, oh my god! He's he's the <laughs> definition of a fourth line grinder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't think the Hawks are going to bring him back in the off season just because he's a free agent. But right, I right. didn't I didn't mind like I didn't mind his play. Like he did his job. You know, yeah, can't, can't complain about that. Exactly. But, yeah, fourth line hasn't been doing much all season, whether it's been Kruger, Hayden, Martinson, Luke Johnson. We tried pretty much anything down there. You know, even Perlini, when Perlini was down there, everyone's like, oh, man, Perlini sucks. Perlini's a bust. Well, yeah, yeah he's right. playing with Marcus Kruger and John Hayden. What do you think he's going to do? They're all getting less than 10 minutes a game, too. That's what I'm saying. Brendan Perlini was playing like nine minutes, and everyone's like, dude, this guy sucks. I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> like, there's no way if you're Brendan Perlini you can take that seriously. And no, Brendan Perlini, like, fuck this. He's not, <laughs> he's not a playmaker. That's the thing either about him. He's not. Uh, he, he's always been more of a goal scorer than mm-hmm. uh, a playmaker. So he's kind of got to play with guys that are good at finding him in his areas, and that's what Dylan Strome does really well, and Alex DeBrinkett has great offensive awareness. So I think that's really why he's thriving in that role is because those guys do a really really good job at uh, finding, you know, a good shot in the slot. Yeah. Right. And he's so good at cheating behind the play a little bit too when he gets that Yeah, no, pass. we need that. I'll take the cherry picking. Hell yeah, with our defense, mm-hmm. we need as many damn goals as we can get. He's Let's really start, good. Start picking. He's really Let's good start at picking. finding those weak spots on the defensive zone. 
Yes, he finds yeah. his soft coverage often. And he's got some jets on him, too, yeah. once he gets going. I'm really interested to see what happens uh, with him this offseason just because I'm interested to see how much the Hawks originally offer him because they, mm-hmm. they have, obviously, the control over him. But if they – if you know, if another team gives him a different deal, if the Hawks will match it, uh, I mean, I think they definitely should, but I wouldn't put, put it past Stan Bow to do anything wild. Right. Right. I mean, I think Perlini of just like a sod 2.0 in some ways. He's young, I man. Think, I mean, I think, yeah, there's a lot to he's get He's a with bigger Perlini guy, and too. I really like him. Exactly. He's big. I think he's faster than Saad. I think he's got a better shot than Saad. It's just, the, I guess, the dirty areas is the, mm-hmm. the, the way of improvement for him. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, they're very comparable players. I would agree with that. And Perlini's only 22 years old, yeah. former first-round pick. He's a, he's a goal scorer. I mean, we're finally starting to see it now that he's playing with some actual talent. But even in Arizona last season where, you know, they didn't score very many goals or have that good of a season, he had the second most goals on their team last year with 17, only behind Clayton Keller. So, that yeah. you know, with a team that doesn't produce very often in Arizona, that's significant. So definitely good to see that Jeremy Calton's finally using Brennan Perlini in a role that he can succeed in, something that we've all been saying for like three months now. It's just like, right. dude, come on now. So let me let me bring this up here. This is so Arizona's got the final wild card spot. I don't think I'm almost 99 percent positive that not one person on their team has 20 goals, and we have like two players that are for sure hitting 40, 30 goal score, and like was it like two or three 20 goal scores? I I'm, just I guess that shows how good Arizona's defense is compared to ours. They, and, like, they don't need to score a lot of goals to win games. It's yeah. crazy. No, dude, when we played them, you're, you're not wrong. When we played them, uh, like, two weeks ago when we beat them 7-1 to one and Perlini had that hat trick, uh, their leading goal scorer heading into that game was Brad Richardson. <laughs> Brad Richardson and didn't they trade like for 16? him, too? No, they've had him. I, okay. They've had him for a while. They I got they've him had in Vancouver, like, five years oh, really? ago or okay. something, right? A couple years yeah, ago, a couple years ago, but – He's was five their, be, yeah. yeah, five's a stretch, but he yeah, uh, five's a stretch. He was their leading goal scorer coming into that game, and I was like, dude, you're telling me he has more goals than Clayton Keller? Like <laughs> Brad Richards, like he's their leading goal scorer, but yeah, no, uh I was actually this is actually kind of random, but when we did play that game, I was listening to the Coyotes broadcast. For some reason I was watching on the NHL app and it was the Coyotes broadcast that game and I didn't change it. But they were talking about how uh allowing seven goals to the Blackhawks when the Blackhawks beat them seven to one was so irregular for the Coyotes defense, because that's been the strength of their team so much this season is they've really relied on guys like Nicholas Yalmerson has been fantastic for them this season. He's had a second coming third in the league in shot blocks out there. Uh, They're just getting Jason Demers back and they're really just getting like the most out of their guys right now from the defensive side. They're like, and that's, I mean, I can't say I wish we were in Arizona shoes, but I wish we had that defensive sturdiness, you know, like, That's always going to keep you in games. Key, I'm kind of an Arizona fan. Like, if the Hawks don't make it and Arizona at least gets in, I'll beat someone. I mean, they're they're fighting, and they've got some some guys showing some good good fight and spirit going down the stretch here. It's good for hockey. It's good for hockey if Arizona makes it. I can kind of understand why you would root for the Coyotes, because they're basically the Blackhawks. (laughs) That's true. Good point. Good point. (laughs) A lot of familiar names out here, I swear. (laughs) <laughs> they're they're wearing red. <laughs> and what if they get Nick Schmaltz back playoff time? No, is he is he still is out? He is he... I don't think that's a thing. But that would be incredible. Well, he's on IR. Yeah. I mean, I he was. I, don't know. I guess how the logistics works of that. I have no idea if that if they even have that intention with him. 
But uh, the roster doesn't expand, does it, or does it? No, I think it does because I think I remember looking at like the starting lineups in the playoffs last year, and they had like like ten, fifteen people on the scratch list. Okay, it was like a lot of HL guys, so I don't know how it works. I could be completely wrong. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, I feel like I'm not one hundred percent positive. That would be interesting, though. Something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, down the stretch, we play the Coy- hey, we play the Coyotes in uh. After the home-and-home home series we have against the Avalanche this weekend, we play the Coyotes in Arizona. That's going to be a gigantic this is game. Be huge. We just have so many big games coming. coming yeah, looking ahead, guys. Like, every game yeah, is gigantic. Game. And and, <laughs> and the I teams mean, we're chasing, we're playing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's, like, double intense right now. <laughs> <laughs> at least – I mean, at least they've made it interesting for the fans. You yeah. know, we that's haven't what, had – we haven't had a season where it's been like we knew for sure we weren't going to make the playoffs in a long time. So it's a weird feeling to experience as a fan. But, I mean, it's kind of fun now. Like, you know, yeah. we're not like locked first place where it's just coming. We're back. pushing. No, We yeah. don't really know. We're on the fence. Like, yeah. Who, like, yeah, as you were saying, like, this has been a hell of a run that we put together. Very entertaining season. And, like, back in late December, I playoffs, like, literally, I'm, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the gift. Playoffs? Like, yeah. we were looking at the – Draft pick odds at that. Yeah. Jack Hughes. We were like Jack Hughes. Come here, mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> That's what we were looking at, and now yeah. all of a sudden, here we are. I mean, shopping for apartments. Who even knows if we're going to be a top ten pick? Like this could be. It could go a yeah. whole lot of different ways with these last ten games, guys. And mm-hmm. looking ahead here, Blackhawks have seventy four points. They're four points back of the Coyotes for that final wild card spot, but of course, they do still have Minnesota and Colorado ahead of them. And we the have wild hands. The Wild, yeah, we have a game of hand mm-hmm. uh, against the Avalanche, who have 76 points. They're currently two points ahead of us. And then the Wild, who have 77 points, three points ahead of us, they have two more They have two more games played than we do. So we do have games in hand against Arizona, Minnesota, and Colorado. So if we take care of our own business, we'll be right where we want to be. But that's what we got to do. We got to take care of our own business first. Mm-hmm. That starts Thursday night against Philadelphia. Uh Back in the United Center, Blackhawks need to come up with a big two points. They missed out to get two against a bad road team in the Vancouver Canucks. And Philadelphia is a little bit tougher uh, on the road than the Canucks are. They have a 17-15-4 road record. So the Hawks will have to play to their A game, and the Flyers are like trying to claw their way back into the playoff race right now. They're only uh, six points back of Columbus for their final playoff spot right now, too. So this game has some big implications on both sides, guys. Need to bring our A game and get those big two points against Philadelphia tomorrow. Yeah, you can't really take the Flyers for granted because they have had a a really bad start to the season, but they're on their way back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not out of it by any means. They have a lot of strong pieces. Oh, Ryan Hartman is going to score a goal. I can't. I, I forgot bet, about I that. I bet that against the Nashville game when we went to the Nashville game when he was on Nashville. I forgot about that. Yeah, Tony, we went to we went to a Blackhawks Predators game and then Eric bet on a gambling website that Ryan Hartman would score a goal and he did not. Got like score ten, a goal. ten bucks on it. The payout would be pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a game we won like two to one. We're like, what? We didn't expect to win that game. That was that was this year. Yeah, this is when we were bad. Like horrible. that was when we were horrible. That oh, was really? like right when the season. That was. Uh, yeah, that was the game. I uh, can't remember it specifically, but I know it was like right after those two games that Gustafson was scratched for. Okay. Uh, and we beat Pittsburgh six to three, and then we beat oh, yeah, Nashville two to one. It was yeah. right Fors- when we called it was up Dahlstrom. Forsling and Gustafson scored that game. I remember it was a two D man that scored that game. Yeah, and that was like the first game we had Dahlstrom called up. Yeah. The first or second game we had Dahlstrom called up when he played real well at the beginning of the season. Yeah, when he was paired with Murphy. Yeah, he was playing real well. He's faded definitely down the stretch here, but he looked good for like 10, 15 games there. I really thought he was going to be a good piece, but he looks like a number seven D-man. 
Yeah. No shame in that, though, as a rookie, that's though. A, that's his ceiling, and that's okay. That's what I'm yeah. saying. He's 24, 25-year-old rookie. First year in the NHL, he's playing his first 30 games. He is what he is, six, seven defenseman. Mm-hmm. So that's what he is right now. So uh, him and Slater Cuckoo are two guys uh, on the back end that keep an eye on what the Hawks are going to do with them this offseason because uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I would like probably agree bring Cuckoo back over Dahlstrom, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see both those guys walk. Yeah. That's fair. It's, it's crazy that Cuckoo was a first-round pick, too. In like 2013, a high first round pick. Yeah. 2012, 2013, a while ago. Yeah, but he, he's got some size to his game. He's probably another guy that's like another five, six, seven defenseman yeah, that we just look, seem to have good. a lot for. Yeah, yeah no, he, he can play stand-up. Mm-hmm. Plays a good stand-up game. He plays physical, which we don't have a lot of, which is why he, he's significant. But we, Seabrook that hits. Oh, man, Seabrook. <laughs> we have Brent Seabrook till 2023. That's crazy. I'm going to have a family will, by that. Will he even? 2024. 2023, <laughs> 2024. Oh, my God. That long. Yeah, they, they got to buy him out at some point. I don't know what's going to happen with that. That is just so – I just can't believe in 2016, Stan Bowman gave him an eight-year contract. Why? And Why? How old was he at that point? Like, I think Seems is uh, 33 or 34 now, so he had to be, like, 32 years old. Like, yeah, what are you doing? He was over 30 at that point. Yeah, like, sure. I understand you why they gave – I mean, you don't pay players for what they were. You pay players for what they are. Mm-hmm. Seabrook definitely deserves that money. Don't get me wrong, but not mm-hmm. for eight years. Like, yeah, reward Brent Seabrook, but give him a five-year deal. Like, give him the same amount of money for five right. years. Why, why do you have to give him a full no-movement clause till you know – 2024. Like, what are you doing? That just makes right. no looks sense. So on conditions. I actually, so I actually have Cuckoo's stats pulled up from the last five games. He has actually he's been good. Been, he's actually been playing a lot better. He has three points in his last five, all three assists, and he is playing some uh, increased minutes too. What's he at? Um. So uh, this last game he had uh, 16, 36. The game okay. before that's that, probably where he needs to be at. The one before that, it was twenty-two thirty. Oh man! So overall, the season with the oh, Blackhawks, he is at sixteen twenty-four average. Okay. Could you imagine whose job that is to like start a stopwatch and take take down <laughs> every person's time? Like how tedious that'd be. <laughs> like you literally imagine. have to do that for every different player because I mean sometimes they change different times. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. That would be a like, hard right, job, low key. Yeah, like, who right, does that? Who on. does that job? Honestly, who does do that job? This is a hot take right here, guys. Who who are, are they lying to everybody? Are they trying? Is someone paying them on the side to give them more? Let's get them on the podcast. For, for all it's we like, know, right, let's find start out. Timer number set, start timer number 27 all right all we know <laughs> 30, 30 is NH- timers <laughs> nhl time on ice leaders could be a could be a front right here guys yeah. we have who to knows? dig into that get him on this yeah right <laughs> <laughs> ask him what his day-to-day process is all right i stare at duncan keith for two hours and i press a button just some guy that actually like doesn't know hockey just works works his desk job <laughs> oh man <laughs> that would be interesting that's too far honestly i don't know how they calculate that but yeah uh Getting um, Slater Cuckoo some ice time God, will be, uh, I think, is key because uh, we don't really know what he is. We need to see what, what we have, yeah. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm saying. We need to see what we got. Uh, see if he's someone we want to bring back for maybe another one-year deal for super cheap. Mm-hmm. Give him the Roosevelt, the Michael Roosevelt special. The oh, one-year one dirt cheap deal that lasted like four years too long. <laughs> Jesus. I don't think what we would 
What was that comparison? I, I, I thought I tagged you this on Facebook. It was someone that commented about it. He's like, he's as useful as like a shopping cart with like, <laughs> with like three wheels or something. It was like something funny. Dude, I don't know if we would have won it all in 2015 if Roosevelt didn't toe pick his ankle in half. That was so for real, funny. for real. That was you remember so that? Funny. That was disgusting. Yeah. I was like, low key, that might be good. Yeah, and, and thankfully that uh, I forget who was on a breakaway but didn't score. But that was so funny, dude. We won a Stanley like, Cup with Kimo Timonen. We won a Stanley Cup with Kimo Timonen. It's like you don't want to cheer anyone getting injured, but that actually helped. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. I was literally thinking that same thing. I was like, I don't want to say it's a good thing Rosemont got hurt, but probably a good thing Rosemont got hurt. <laughs> but yeah, Slater Cuckoo playing well. Uh, probably will continue to be in the lineup. We didn't see the defensive uh, lines this morning at practice, but we're probably probably safe to uh, safe to assume that Jeremy Carlton's going to like roll with what's been working lately, and that seems to be Slater Cuckoo over Carl Dahlstrom. So. Yeah. You're welcome, McBrooklyn, wherever you are. If you're listening, Dawson, we'll stay out of lineup for you, buddy. Don't worry. I uh, I see no point to change the lines and or sorry the pairings if they're working. Yeah, I mean, right. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like yeah. that mentality, I, boys. I mean, they've tried everything this season, so <laughs> literally it's just everything. Like, it's just wait wait for us to get destroyed one. Maybe game uh, maybe Calton will sk- lace them up and get out there. Seriously. I still wish Henry Yokiharu was here, man. Still wish Henry Yokiharu was here. There's yeah. no reason he yeah. should not yeah, be. Yeah, we miss him a big time. Yeah, he was no, definitely a top three defenseman for us on the season. Like, I mean, you could like, who's uh, he's definitely? I think he's better than Seabrook in my opinion. I think he looked better That's than Seabrook. Point. So could, I mean, he could skate with them. I can see but, both sides of the spectrum of like wanting to keep him down, but like right now where we are, this is where he's going to get the like the, the best experience. There's, mm-hmm. He's playing big boy hockey right now. Like we're trying yeah. to win every game. Like that's going to teach him how to be a man. And I'm just, I'd definitely rather see him in the lineup over yeah someone like Slater Cuckoo or Carl Dahlstrom. Absolutely, and he's he's like his edge work is really like really good. Like you watch him play. His style of defense, I feel like you don't see often. He's like uses yeah. his edges and he keeps them to the outside. Yeah. He's he shifty. rarely gets beat inside. Yeah, it's He's just very like shifty. a one, he and he good uses reach. His stick. Yeah, exactly. He uses a stick to the fullest extent. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to kind of he's got to kind of grow into his own, and that's just going to come with time. One of those yeah, things. Yeah. You're coming into the league right. as a 19 year old, you're not going to be the big guy out there usually. Right. So. Uh, hopefully he just only continues to get stronger and more comfortable in his own end because we really need him to be uh, a solid top pairing guy because yeah. looking at looking at the future prospects, uh, Yoki Haru is known uh, – I mean, he does provide offense, but uh, not as much as uh, Ian Mitchell and uh, Nicholas Bodan and Adam Boquist do. So Yoki right. Haru's defensive progress, I think, is the most important thing uh, in his progression. Right. The future is definitely bright for Yoki Haru, especially if he puts it together, puts it together defensively. And mm-hmm. since we're talking about defense, what do you think about Kyler Murphy? He's very, he's definitely improved over last season. Oh, he's yeah. he's he's a lockdown. He's our number one he, guy right now. I think now. he's he's been the most consistent all year. Probably I mean, absolutely, probably the yeah. best defenseman overall. I would say. Seriously, that's what I'm saying. He's a uh, team high plus fifteen on the season, and I yeah. mean, for how terrible the defense has been this year, and how little he provides offensively plus 15 is really significant for him. He's really molding into a very nice top four defenseman in the future for this team, which is what we need a defensive first minded guy. Yeah. And he's only played 41 games since he was out with the back injury surgery. Yeah. And I mean, he's looked fantastic most nights. I mean, plus 15 and 41 games. Imagine if he can, if he had more games continuing at that pace, you know, who knows where he'd be at. 
Yeah. Right. And uh, I know you brought this up earlier too, Tony. Uh, playing him with Eric Gustafson, I think, could be something to keep an eye on down the stretch just to see how those two and it their – It makes uh, sense. Yeah. There are two different styles if, if they mesh because that's kind of the guy that Eric Gustafson uh, you think will need to play with if he wants to be uh, a top-minute guy on the back end for the Blackhawks. Yeah, it works too because it's very balanced between offense and defense, and Murphy will be able to hopefully mold him into a better defender. Yeah, Murphy's definitely uh, responsible in his own end. Gust is a guy who gets aggressive, sometimes gets caught, you know, maybe – pinching a little too much than mm-hmm. uh, he should be. So hopefully he just continues that progression. And yeah, playing alongside a good defenseman like Connor Murphy could only, it would only help. I, I assume. You know what they should, they should try to put in Gus forward. We talked about we that. We talked the last about episode, did you? Uh, yeah, we did. And I don't know if you saw uh, bags. They um, Mark uh, Lazarus and Scott powers wrote an article about that. I mean, obviously at 27 years old, that's not very likely. And, I mean, it's I, not it won't happen. It won't happen. Yeah, it's yeah, not the time. True. But we, yeah, like that's an interesting thought that like a lot of people have had about Eric Gustafson. Yeah. He's like, man, I wonder if he could just play forward. <laughs> yeah, they got yeah. Brennan Smith yeah. playing forward. I mean, it's happened. Sheldon, yeah. <laughs> they asked Sheldon Brookbake about it because he's obviously assistant coach. But he's like, yeah, I just go run at people as hard as I could. <laughs> he's like, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brennan like, Smith the other night scored, I want to say, his first goal as a forward. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, yeah with, uh, like, late in the game. Like, yeah, I think it was, like, five seconds left. Like, an, yeah. yeah, it was, like, a dirty little goal in front of that. That's an interesting look for him. Yeah. I mean, it's, hap- it's happened. I just think at 27 years old, you know, there's just no way you teach a guy to do that at this point of his career. I guess I keep forgetting how old he and is. Also, where would he, he just turned fit? 27, like, four days ago. Where would he oh, fit? Right. Is he a third liner or a fourth liner? Yeah, like who knows? Yeah. I mean, where do you where do you throw him in? Kunitz and Kruger, Kunitz, Kunitz, Kruger, and Gus. Oh my God! There's <laughs> all pot forty. It's just the answer to everything. That's just a dumpster Gus fire. Gus is creating out there. Yeah, it's just a dumpster fire. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird that like so many people have had that thought about Eric Gustafson. But hopefully, it's, it's I mean, a good take. It is. It really is. But it's just very unlikely at 27 yeah. years old. There's no way it's going to happen. So hopefully he just like learns to, you know, be a little bit better in his own end. And he'll be responsible as a top four forward because he definitely has the offense for it, man. He's been Absolutely. fantastic this season offensively. What do you guys think about the Hawks trying to play 3D and two fours? Because <laughs> our defense has been so bad. <laughs> three back. Dude, at this point, might as well. Like, actually, like, yeah. seriously, think about this. You're protecting a lead late. And you're, Eric you got, Gustafson's like, in the forward D man spot. You got like five minutes left, and you're trying to protect a lead. You just throw 3D men out there. You go Gustafson, <laughs> Gustafson, Murphy, and Keith. Yeah, just camp the blue line. No one's getting through there. Pretty much just yeah. like a juiced up PK line. Yeah. There's no extra defenseman out there. Yeah, Bags, Bags, give Carlton a call. You're on to something, baby. <laughs> yeah. You're but who are they going to put out there, though? They don't have defensemen. Uh, yeah. uh, there you go, right? Yeah, it doesn't even matter if we put Keith and Gus right. out there. They're both damn liabilities in their own program. I want you in the middle. <laughs> oh, man. I, I mean, that's, that's honestly like the amazing part of this run, too, is like, the bad seasons that, like, Brent Seabrook's had. Duncan Keith is – I mean, he's been okay in times, but there's definitely been stretches where he's looked bad. And, like, we're still here. Like, we are still relevant. I can't believe that. Right. They keep finding a way. That's what I'm saying. Just somehow keep finding a way to make it entertaining. And, you know, I'm all for it. I'm very glad of the position we're in. Very glad to see, like, where a, a bunch of pieces have just come together this season. Really, Dylan Strom just – 
oh man, I love that trade more and more. Just every oh, yeah. time I say it, like Dylan Strom, mm-hmm. Dylan Strom, Dylan Strom. Which trade do you like more, Dylan Strom, Perlini, or Kajula? I mean, I think Kajula was great on that top line, but if Brennan, with the way Brennan Perlini's playing, there's no way I can't. I mean, the Edmonton deal was more of a steal. I mean, I value. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like, the Edmonton deal was like, are you kidding me? Like, Stupid good. Brandon, you Brandon Manning. Manning. Brandon scratched Manning. in the AHL. <laughs> He's scratched by Bakersfield of the <laughs> AHL. That is literally pathetic. He was like our number four D-man like three, four months ago. Like, we, yeah. oh, my God. What a blessing. Like, straight up, if we traded him for Jason Garrison straight up, I would have been like, bet, we'll just wave Garrison. Oh, That's I a forgot win. about Garrison. Yep. That's so funny. I think He was the other part of that deal. Yeah. He's playing overseas now. He didn't report to yeah. the record. No, he went and played overseas. He was like, yeah, I'm dipping. <laughs> but that, I mean, I think if Perlini continues to play like the way he is, that that trade with Arizona is just a moneymaker. But right. for the value that I like Drake Kajula – for a cheap ass contract for next year as well, moving Brandon Manning additionally like that's uh, that's a grand slam. That's not only a home run; that's a damn grand slam out of the ballpark. Yeah. Plus, you free up cap space with that move. Mm-hmm. I was like next year paying. I couldn't imagine paying Brandon Manning two point five million next year. Like, Ugh. are you? Oh my god! <laughs> so glad Stan Bowman got rid of him. Like, made up for. His bad offseason. He had a really, yeah. good, re- really good regular season, and I hope Stan Bowman continues that into this offseason because this offseason is so crucial for the future yeah, of Chicago Blackhawks. Man, we don't we don't have to sign anyone really that that big of deals. I mean, Perlini. No. I mean, a couple fourth saying. line. What do you think? All right, let's let's try to gauge some of these contracts. What do you think these guys are worth? Brennan Perlini. I think he's going to get like a two to three. That's what 3. I'm saying. Five four. I don't think he gets three point five four. I think he gets two to three. I think he'll max out at three. I would say probably between 1.5 and two. Okay. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't yeah, be shocked. I, I mean, mean, he's he's only had little production in our, our good production in little games, I should say. Small sample size, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I if mean, he'll have the leverage, but at the same time, I'm interested to see if some team will risk it and throw him uh, an offer sheet for a significant amount of money. Like, yeah. let's say let's say a team offer sheets Brennan Perlini for $4 million. Do you match it? Isn't Perlini an RFA? Yeah, but we yeah. have to match yeah, the offer sheet. offer sheet. Oh, I meant UFA. My bad. Okay, so he is an RFA. Okay, okay. Yeah, he, he is an RFA. He, he has to match an offer. So, like, let's say some other team gives him $4 million. If you're the Blackhawks, you match it. One year, four mil, you match it. So, I, I'm still, like, not 100% sure how that works if they do what we get out of it. Like um, so, if they take away – if they sign that player, we just get draft pick compensation. We get a compensation right. pick. Was it a first, second, second, third? It's, it's like a third or a fourth, depends, I'm pretty I sure. Think. I think it depends. It's usually like a third or fourth or something. something. Yeah. Yeah, It depends on the salary. Yeah. Something like that. But uh, I mean, what what are your opinions on that? Like, what would you, what would you pay for Brennan Perlini next year? No more than four. Absolutely. No more than four. Unless it's a one year deal. Cause we have, we still have room. I mean, if it's a multi-year deal, no more than four. The Blackhawks will have 22.1 mil. They're projected to have that much. So they have money to play with, but you don't want to be, uh, spending it out useless or going crazy, you know? Right. No, especially with Stroman to those contracts are really going to be crucial as well. We yeah. got to hit, we, we got to hit the right number with those guys. And Eric Carlson's going to be wearing a Hawks jersey next year. What do you think the Brinket and Strom will get? I really think the Brinket gets eight. I really yeah. do. I really do. Yeah, if not more. Uh, I, don't, I think I think yeah, he gets I a lot, man. I think he's twenty-one years old. He is already a proven 
40 goal scorer in his second year. He barely can drink alcohol. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, he's really grown to his own on that power play with the one timer. He I, is I basically think he's like a, Alex Ovechkin Jr. He's like the quietest 40 goal scorer ever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The quietest 40 goal scorer in the league. That's what he, I'm saying. He mastered that Ovechkin weak side play. Dude, yeah. I know. He's really gotten that down. That adds just such a different level to our power play when Patrick Kane has mm-hmm. that alley. That Panarin, alley Panarin used to do that. Now Ovechkin That's what I'm saying. Brinkett does that. We, we, got, that. we got Strom for another year, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. I want to see Both another guys. full year of Strom, though, because I don't, you know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about that situation, which is interesting about it, is if we try to sign Dylan Strom right now, yeah, we may have the leverage saying we've only seen what you can produce in forty-five, fifty games. But at the same I time, I give him an eight-year deal, though. No, I'm not sure. I mean, what? Uh, what do you think for Dylan Strom? I think Dylan Strom is worth five. five. Five and a half. Yes. Five, five, six. That's what I, mean, I was saying. Really, five and six. It really depends if they sign this year and then next year it comes out with like a 60, 65 point year. Then probably that's what I'm more. saying. That, that's why it's risky. Who knows what he's going to produce next season? It could end up good. It could end up bad. But it's, I mean, we want to spend that money as effectively and efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because, you know, yeah. we're going to want to get some defensive help in there at some point while it may not come this offseason because there's really not the options out there. I would, we still want to yeah. save money for the future because we're going to need more defensive pieces. I think for Strom, I would be comfortable paying him $5 million per year. I would mm-hmm. definitely. As yeah. a second-line center, especially if we can get rid of Anis. If we can get rid of Anisimov, yeah. awesome. I'd, oh, I'd, I'd be comfortable paying him 6 Yeah. If we yeah. get rid of Anisimov, that would be huge. Yeah. Especially he's losing that 10-team no-trade clause, so – Maybe if we uh, – I just don't know. So if we're getting rid of Anisimov, we're going to have to sweeten the deal, which sucks. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. We could throw in, like, Hayden. He has some trade value. He's young. And for But for what, though? You could get, like, a fifth or a sixth. Yeah. Probably not too much for him, but that's a big cap space move. You know what I'd like to see, too, happen? We got to fill that third-line center with a good – like, Michael Furland. That would be an awesome off-season acquisition. Yeah, yeah. we just- – we we need to go we and need get to fill someone the depth on, a little more. Absolutely, we need someone that can go on the third line and win faceoffs because right now Jonathan Taze is our only good faceoff man. Or other than that, other yeah, other than that, uh, Dylan Strom has been under fifty percent since he's been a member of the Blackhawks. Marcus Kruger's under fifty. Anisimov's under fifty. David Camp's under fifty. And we're a team that needs to play with the puck. So we need a Dude. guy that. Yeah. We, need, we need we need a guy that can play on the third line and win us faceoffs. We haven't seen that since like Dave Boland's been gone. Yeah. I'll be sending my tape into the Hawks. <laughs> hey, gotcha. Speaking of David Camp, I think he's been pretty underrated this season. He has yeah, been pretty I underrated this season. I loved him. He's the perfect fourth line center. Wait, yeah, I, I think he could even play third line depending on who he's playing with. No, absolutely. Yeah, if he, has yeah, the, he, if he could be playing with like Brandon Saad and Cahoon, maybe. Yeah. Beautiful bottom Cahoon. six player. Yes, yeah. yes. He's cheap. Offensive upside. Good in his own and he, ends. And he's uh, – yeah, he's been good on the defensive uh, defensive side as well this season. Just hopefully his face-off, uh, face-off numbers get a little better with experience. Obviously, it's only his first NHL yeah. season. So. Camp will be in RFA this season, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, they I think he's someone we'll bring back. And they got to re-sign Cahoon. I like Cahoon. Cahoon's a free agent at the end of next year. We signed a two-year deal? I thought it was just a one-year deal. How did – no, he got a two-year guy. He was free. Yeah, he has one year. more season. Okay, good. Eric like has got one more. Kuhn's been awesome, yeah. Kuhn's also he, another really good third-line player, bottom six player. You can yeah. Play that's, 
we need those guys. We need to start building around some depth, especially, you know, we're seeing Jonathan Tays come back to his own offensively this season. He could break a career high this season in goals. Yeah. Obviously, you know what Patrick Kane's doing. And then with the connection between DeBrinket and Strom and what's looking like Perlini, we start getting some good bottom, you know, some third line guys like Brandon Saad, Dominic Cahoon. That's when your team starts getting really good is when you have guys in the bottom six that can go out there and give you good shifts. And we just, that's what we're lacking sick. right now. If we got like Jeff Skinner in free agency, Jeff Skinner, Skinner Taze Kane. Skinner, he's gonna cost you a little bit though. It's probably like oh, nine point yeah. five. He's gonna, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, he's, gonna get, he's, he's gonna, gonna get, he's gonna, he's gonna get, he's gonna get a max deal for sure. He's probably gonna get like Kucherov money. Yeah, yeah, he'll get, he'll, someone will pay him. He's looked really good for Buffalo this season. Yeah. Could even be Buffalo. Who knows? Yeah, he'll probably stay. Yeah, but it'll, it'll be an interesting offseason for sure, guys. So many different ways Blackhawks could go with, uh, I mean, a lot of cap space. They have money to use for once. I know, that's what I'm saying. But at the same time, I wish there were defensemen on this market this season because it's, it's so tragic yeah. that it's really like it's really like Jake Gardner or Tyler Myers are, are the big names, really. Alex Edler, yeah. Eric Carlson. But, I mean, that's not going to happen. No way we give him a max. Five kinda, mil a year. I'm I'm kind of wary of paying defensemen when they get close to age 32, though. Absolutely. I mean, no, we've made oh, that yeah. mistake how many I, times I now? Think, <laughs> yeah, I think he's like 28 right now, right? Who? Who are we talking about specifically? Carlson. Oh, Carlson? Yeah, he's late 20s. Dude, that's that's the thing. Um, Drew Doughty just signed like, that max deal. Drew Doughty's got like, Dowdy's got like another nine. Drew Doughty's got like another nine years at eleven mil. And yeah, it's like when the Kings are when the Kings are trash, that deal looks terrible. I bet he yeah. regrets signing that. Well, I guess he doesn't care about the money. He gets to live in L.A. But yeah, and he's won two cups. And he's ugly and probably still winning in life. <laughs> he's got to have his mom chew up his food before he feeds. <laughs> like a baby bird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh he's man, got his he's three got teeth. He, he's got the Drake Kajula set of teeth out there. <laughs> yeah. Jake Kajula's got some chompers on him, they man. Got, they got the same dentist, too, right? Yeah, He's right. awesome. I love that smile. <laughs> we we need that in our lineup. We need that dirty, that nasty. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, Real wow, gritty. man. That, uh, like it. That Ryan Reeves, you a bad man. Dude, I <laughs> that love video Ryan is so Reeves. funny. I love Ryan, Reeves Ryan Reeves hated him when he was in St. Louis, but love him now that he's out of the division. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have him on our team. He's fun. He's a goon. He's a goon. I, I love watching him go and do his thing. But, yeah, Blackhawks, man, hopefully they continue to uh, stay uh, winning some big games here. I mean, they've won five of their last six, 11 points out of their last 12. And every game just continues to get bigger, as we talked about. Philadelphia on Thursday, coming up this weekend, that Colorado home and home, and then Arizona uh, the following week. So, really, every game just seems to get – seems to have bigger and bigger implications, guys. So, Hopefully the Blackhawks come up big tomorrow. We got to take care of business in that one first uh, before anything. Yeah, it's crunch time. They can't afford to leave any points out there. Yeah, absolutely. We need to, especially after uh, only coming up with one against a bad road team like Vancouver. So I think that's about going to wrap it up, boys. Uh, Thank you both for joining me for this episode of Talking Hockey. Really fun that we got to have three guys on the episode today. Yeah, it was fun. Can't wait for next time. Yeah, Bags, thanks for joining me as well, man. I appreciate it. My lost bags. <laughs> but as always, guys, thank you so much as, uh, to the listeners. Really appreciate it. As always, make sure to give the podcast a follow on Twitter. That's at Talk Hockey for live coverage of every Blackhawks game. Tony Bags, thank you both for taking the time to join me again. Hopefully the Hawks come up with some big wins this weekend, Philly and Colorado. Go Hawks, and as always, makes our defense great again. Thanks, guys.
Thanks.